Good morning. It is the sixth Sunday of Easter. We're in the last quarter of the Easter season. And we're in the third quarter of the Gospel of John. We're right in the middle of John's uh, Gospel's uh, collation of all the things that Jesus wanted to say to his disciples uh, before the end of his life. Uh, and it's a long series of chapters. We're in chapter 14 this week. And they're quite dense uh, texts and quite complicated texts that seem to sort of repeat and go back over themselves over and over again. So we've got a short section from John chapter 14. It's verses 15 to 21. And this is Jesus talking. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. For the word of God in Scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. For those of you who receive the church newsletter that we've been putting out these weeks of the coronavirus called the Clayton, I suggested in that this week that we should think of the commandments both as law, L-A-W, and as law, L-O-R-E. Laws in the Cambridge Dictionary are the system of rules by which a particular country or community recognises and regulates its actions. Law, L-O-R-E, is a body of traditions and knowledge on a subject held by a particular group, also a dictionary definition. So for the Israelites, I said that the commandments uh, are not only law, as in L-A-W, what not to do, they are law, L-O-R-E, in that they gave them a story, a structure, a, a culture in which to live. It told the people who they were and how to be the people they were. And I think it's true that Jesus used commandment in the same way, he understood it in the same way as a good Jew. And when we, we look at it that way, it takes away the sort of transactional nature. If you do this, this will happen. If you do this, this I'll do this. Which we can sometimes read in the scriptures if we don't understand it as uh, more expansive than that. So it's not about transaction, nor is it about manipulation. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. We 
<laughs> maybe some of us who have been parents have or been in loving relationships have sometimes used this, you know. Well, if you really loved me, you would do, or if you really loved me, you would stop doing. I don't think there's any sense of that in this text. And another way of, of, of understanding that is the word keep, that where Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, some English translations have translated this as obey. Uh, and there is a sense of that, of course, in in the word keep, uh, but it has a deeper meaning too. It's it's the idea of of when you keep something, you hold on to it, you keep it close. You, it's for you, it's precious. You take care of it. Now, I know sometimes we keep things that we shouldn't keep and we should just get rid of. And and for lots of people, I think this is a time when um, that's going to be true, where we're going to go through those cupboards and find all that rubbish that we've kept for so long we don't need to. But what it does do is help us decide what really is of value and what really is important. And they're the things that we want to keep, hold them close. So we, we could read Jesus... Uh, in a in a slightly different way than we normally might understand it so I, we could sort of translate that text as my way of being in the world is all love and only love if you are holding this way close and keeping it precious you will live in that love too it's not a make a matter of making sure you do the right thing sort of like a checklist it's remembering that you are deep in an alternative story of the universe, a different way of seeing the world, that it, it's all deeply about love and that you are deeply loved. You know, we've said so often in our culture, there's no such thing as a free lunch. But that's not true. That's the whole story of the gospel. It's a free gift. It's grace. It's love for all. All the way through John, Jesus comes for all the people, for everyone. And he lives as if that world of true love and of grace and of acceptance for all was just open to everyone. Which is why he was so often uh, seen, sometimes seen as crazy and sometimes seen as uh, as as undermining the world. Because... He refused to live in that model of making sure everything was checked, checks and balances. He lived in a freer universe, a freer world. And if we see it this way, then when we get to, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, which sometimes is translated as comforter. It's a very difficult word, the scholars tell us. And that advocate will be with you forever. <coughs> Excuse me. What we can see, first of all, is the generosity in it all. Just unpack that. I will ask the Father. Now, for Jesus, the Father was his designation of God. It was the ultimate experience of love. It's the way fathers should be in the world, and sometimes are, and some of us have experienced that kind of fathering where uh, a man who has been our father has loved us unconditionally and accepted us and welcomed us back each time whatever we've done that's been wrong or stupid and even damaging to the father 
we've always been welcomed back. That's the kind of fatherhood Jesus is talking about. So there's this great generosity, the ultimate experience of love, the great giver of love. I will ask the Father and he will give you, he will give you another advocate. <clears throat> and the way Jesus goes on in this text, it's clear that this other advocate, this sense of the spirit uh, of God that, that Jesus seems to be talking about is not instead of, but in addition to. There's like a great generosity and you will not be alone. I will give you another advocate to be with you forever. Again, more generosity, the forever, the abundance of love. There's, if it's love, then it is always forever. If you love someone, uh, if you love a child, uh, that, that's been your responsibility to care for that love doesn't change it can be tested we know that but love is if it's true love it stays forever and that's what happens in this in this text is this this generosity of love and the generosity of giving this is the world that Jesus is living in and we misunderstand all these texts unless we understand where Jesus is coming from and then Jesus goes on this is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive but because it neither sees him nor knows him you know him because he abides with you and he will be in you see you can't receive what you don't know it, and when Jesus here says the world cannot receive, it's not not allowed to receive, cannot. It is uh, the world is cannot because it doesn't exist for them. There's a sense where you can only understand, you can only receive something that you're beginning to make sense of. And for for Jesus, uh, when he talks about the world, he means the old system. Um, the the so-called seeing system. And remember what we've often said about the Gospel of John is that seeing is the highest form of knowing in John it's a deep experience of things as they truly are the spirit of truth but you can't experience that you can't see that not because you're not allowed to or you've done something wrong or you haven't done enough things right but because you you just cannot see it there's a great um, there's a great story in the in the C.S. Lewis novels um, uh, often it's called The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe that's the, uh, the one of the early ones but, but it's known as the Narnia series and if you haven't read them they're wonderful to read as a child but they've got deep insights that you may only see as you read them as an adult in the last book called The Last Battle um, the, the world has been transformed and people are beginning to see and there's talking animals and there's all kinds of uh, uh, magical creatures and they're all beginning to see the world uh, as it truly is as Aslan who is uh, a lion character and the character that's clearly obviously the Jesus character because it's a very allegorical story Aslan has brought people into finally seeing the way the world is except there's this group of dwarfs who um, not all of them but this small group who have decided they cannot they just cannot see what everyone else can see they think rather than the true reality which everyone else can see that they're sitting in a beautiful field where the sun is shining and there's glorious food set before them in the most extraordinary feast 
they believe themselves to be living in a dark, smelly stable with the only food what's left over from the animals. And Lucy, one of the key characters, says to Aslan through her tears, and I'm quoting here, Could you, will you do something for these poor dwarfs? Because they couldn't see what was going on. Dearest, says Aslan, I will show you both what I can and what I cannot do. He came close to the dwarfs and gave a low growl. Low, but it set the air shaking. But the dwarfs said to one another, Hear that? That's the gang at the other end of the stable trying to frighten us. They do it with a machine of some kind. Don't take any notice. They will take us in again. Aslan raised his head and shook his mane. Instantly a glorious feast appeared at the dwarf's knees. Pies and tongues and pigeons and trifles and ices. And each dwarf had a goblet of good red wine in his hand. But it wasn't much use. They began eating and drinking greedily enough. But it was clear that they couldn't taste it properly. They thought they were eating and drinking only the sort of thing you might find in a stable. One said he was trying to eat hay and another said he said that he had got a bit of old turnip and a third said he'd found a raw cabbage leaf. And they raised golden goblets of rich red wine to their lips and said, Ugh, fancy drinking dirty water out of a trough that a donkey's been at. <laughs> Never thought we'd come to this. But very soon every dwarf began suspecting every other dwarf had found something nicer than he had and they started grabbing and snatching and went on to quarrelling till in a few minutes there was a free food fight and all the good food was smeared on their faces and on their clothes and trodden underfoot. But when at last they sat down to nurse their black eyes and their bleeding noses they all said, Well, at any rate there's no humbug here. We haven't let anyone take us in. <laughs> the dwarfs are for the dwarfs. You see, said Aslan, they will not let us help them. They have chosen cunning instead of belief. Their prison is only in their own minds. Yet they are in that prison and so afraid of being taken out and so afraid of being taken in that they cannot be taken out. So afraid of being taken in that they cannot be taken out. That's a great story that illustrates what we've been saying. Jesus finishes by saying, They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father and I will love them and reveal myself to them. It's an expansive, open welcome for us to see who God is and who we truly are. We truly are living like the characters in Narnia in an open field of welcome with abundance for all. I translate those that last verse in this way. Those who truly see and live fully in this universal wholeness story and keep it alive and true within themselves will know deep in their very being in all circumstances and all experiences that they truly are whole and wholly connected to me to all that God is and to all that God is continually creating 
This is the good news.